Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman Hughes. Okay, picking up the Batphone this week is a new brown belt on the block, but uh, an old school veteran in his own right. It's Mark Ludy. How are you this morning, man? Uh, cold, but not too bad. Pretty good. <laughs> We're both sitting here shivering. Because it's so cold in the academy. I've got a coffee. But Mark said, no, no coffee anymore. No coffee? No. I had some stomach issues a while ago, yeah. so I uh, stopped drinking things and mm. gonna screw that up. So yeah, Just no. water. Just water. Yeah. You said something funny, you're like, nah, it's shit because now you have to motivate yourself. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Coffee won't do it for you. Not anymore. I, you know, chef, so it's... Uh, yeah, I used to drink like four doubles a day. Wow. So it's like, yeah, not anymore. And you got to motivate yourself to, keep <laughs> to actually do things in life. Yeah, they used to say coffee was like the lifeblood of the fitness industry, but yeah. it's kind of like the lifeblood of every industry. Yeah, pretty much. I'd say. Yeah. But you know what? I like it still. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. And I'm drinking some right now. So before you speak, Octane Thermogen and Coffee. <laughs> Hey, before you speak, send me some shit. Like, <laughs> send me something, please. Uh, well, look, man, this has been a long time coming, this podcast uh, with you. I've known you for a very, very long time. You've been um, training with us through a lot of the different iterations of Trinity MMA since back in the day at SABJJ as well. Um, you would come in. There's also like a litany of jiu-jitsu competitions that you've done. You've fought MMA in a ring, you've fought MMA in a cage, you've fought all kinds of different rules and different circumstances for different clubs as well. Yep. The rough and tumble mat life of Northside <laughs> with the Caruso brothers stepping in, uh, doing it tough. And, uh, you know, in the deep training pool at Trinity MMA as well. And, you know, you've actually lost a fair amount of weight and you're looking very fit at the moment. But before you were on the heavier side, so you were having to take on rounds with Brando and just absolutely everyone. You've never taken a back step when it comes to stepping into those MMA rounds. And you're one of those guys that you're just known as a hard worker and a grinder in the training room. And that makes you incredibly reliable and incredibly trustworthy and therefore very, very valued in the training room as well. Like you are one of those guys that's behind the scenes, but you've stepped into the arena on, on more than one occasion. And man, I said it last night when we were grading you to Brown Belt. Congratulations, yeah. Yeah. by the way. It's uh, it's that, you know, you have done it the way I like people to do it. You know, you are the epitome of a quiet achiever. You, every little step that you've taken, you've done it for yourself, you've done it on your own, and you've really ground out a super high level of skill sets for you that translates to any form of martial arts that you wish to partake in. You could do uh, a Muay Thai fight tomorrow and be comfortable. You know, you could do a wrestling competition and hold your own. You could do a jiu-jitsu or grappling competition and be incredibly successful. And none of that happens by accident. That happens because you have put in the work and it's been a war of attrition for you. It's been a, it really has, you've really grounded out and it's very impressive as well. Again, it's the way I like people to do it. I don't necessarily like, I don't begrudge it, but I don't necessarily like, you know, every single Instagram post ever, you know, unless you're a professional athlete and you've got sponsors who want to make you do it. I'm, I'm not the extravagant showy guy and look, neither are you. I, th I feel like we're sort of cut from the same cloth in that way as well. We're old school pro wrestling fans, old school gamers, work really hard in the training room. Like I, I really see a lot of myself in you and we have to this day, excellent roles and excellent training interactions. So right off the bat, man, 
Thank you. No, excellent. <laughs> very, very good job. How are you feeling coming off the the brown belt promotion? Uh, yeah, it's uh, still settling in, I guess. Um, don't. I'm yeah hypercritical, so I don't, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't see myself at that level, but obviously it's nice to see. I think other people see me there. So yeah, it's still it'll take a little bit to yeah. Oh, to you you certainly are there, man. So, you certainly are. What did you think of the grading in general? Do you like grading notes like that? Yeah, I love it. Um, I told the family as soon as I found out there's a grading. Um, yeah, I told the family, I'm like, no, nah, Friday, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to training. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I like to yeah, I like to be the gradings. It's good to see, you know, the younger belts progressing and coming up and, you know, seeing who's going to, you know, getting stripes and who's, you know, getting belts. And not just those, you know, even the... You know, even the higher belts, you know, they're mm. you know, seeing them get stripes and belts because you see, you see them in the gym constantly, and they're, you know, they're teaching, they're grinding, they're doing their thing, and you're just watching them get better and better and better. And it's, yeah. it's fantastic to see, no matter what level. So I love being here. I love watching everyone. Sort of, yeah. It is a nice atmosphere if you are yeah. community minded, you know, and if yeah. you are one of those people like yourself who puts in the work in the training room. Yeah. It's great to see everyone level yeah. up and skill up a little bit, and you know, for me, it's awesome. Because it's very rare that I get the opportunity to acknowledge everyone and, and really get some one-on-one -on -one time with every single student and acknowledge them as individuals so that they know that I am looking at them, that I yeah. am understanding them and I do know what they're doing on the mat. That's yeah. a rare opportunity and, you know, it might take a bit longer, you know, because I, I walk, you know, I walk every line and I speak to yeah. every single person who comes to the grading individually, but I think it's worth it. And I remember thinking like, I do actually put a little bit of pressure on myself to try and say the right thing and make it special because I remember what it was like being in that line. And um, gradings do feel special and there's a lot of different emotions. There is a, a level of expectation and it, it creates a little yeah. bit of an air of, hmm, maybe I could get a stripe or, or yeah. can you get stripes? Like a lot of people who first start, they don't even know that there are stripes, especially in this day and age where yeah. like no geese a thing. You know yeah, well, I mean? that's, that's what happened to me with Northside. There was no stripes on Northside. Yeah. It was just, you know, you, you rock up, you do your thing, you go compete. Mm -mm. And if you start winning golds and stuff like that, it's like, oh yeah, maybe we'll think about, you know, giving you an X belt. There was no sort of, you know, there's little... Milestones. <laughs> you were on the ground floor on that side as well, like yeah, close to it. I close to it. Yeah, I wasn't ground ground floor, but yeah, I rolled in one day and got smashed by <laughs> who smashed me? Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Cheeseman. Yeah. Man, that's a name that should get talked about a little bit more. Yeah, what he's, he's a, doing these days, I'm man. Not entirely sure. Yeah, I know he, he left the club. Well, I was still there, but yeah, he had some things going on. So yeah, but no, I got smashed by him for. Five minutes and he's like yeah, nah, yeah you're right and then I loved it I went there with a friend and um, he, he hated it like, no nah, should be better than this this is, this is crap he's you know submitted me like five times and he's not you know I'm like what do you expect what do you expect you've been doing it longer than you you just walked into the gym but I loved it I loved the fact that you know people are better than me and get to learn and yeah, that's what basically just was it fell yeah. in love with the whole so sport? You, so it sort of clicked with your personality, right? Yeah. Like, this is a place that it's hard. It's hard, but there's a clear line of progression. And if I work hard, I can get better. Yeah, basically. Although I started, I started the Muay Thai down there um, at Northside, and then I did that for a fair while, and then I sort of went and did the 
BJJ after that because I thought, yeah, I'm fit, you know, I can do all the rounds and I can do all the skipping and I can do all the, the pad work and the bag work and everything. And then I'm like, oh, I'll go do some BJJ. And yeah, that was, that was a bad idea. <laughs> that was different. <laughs> that was terrible. What were some of the faces that were around back in the day at Northside? Oh, yeah, same faces are still there, really. You know, know, the Caruso's were there, Jesse Hughes was there, Chris Penrose, um, yeah, Jeff was there, and then we got the other, sort of the older crew that came in, so like uh, Greg Kirchman. Kirchman, yeah, Yeah, that's it. He was there, and a whole bunch of other boys, and I think they're still there now, training down at uh, Armour. Yeah, so. so Armour is, you know, Jesse Hughes... But I think Diego actually has reignited something up at yeah, Northside as well now as well, well like Caruso yeah. Jiu-Jitsu. So yeah. that was always inevitable as well, kind of like uh, the Caruso is always going. I have an, I have this sort of grand vision that when Tony becomes an international superstar, which he kind of already is, but like yeah. it's just, they don't like see. It. I mean, he beat Ed Foliang, and yeah. now newspapers are like, eh, Tony Caruso didn't do anything. It's like, come on, guys, <laughs> like when. The guy is in an international organization. He beat yeah. a legend and former champion of the promotion and no one said anything. But anyway, yeah. I digress. I can see him opening like a really big gym. Like imagine Spartan yeah. FC or Spartan HQ or like yeah. Spartan Fight Club. 100%. Yeah. It'd be pretty massive. you know. If, oh. I, I can imagine that that would be something that would be in the back of his yeah. mind that he might be trying to work towards as yeah. well. Especially with the networking he's doing as well over yeah. in, in Sanford and May. He's got, you know training big names over there so and pull people in and call favors and mm. all sorts so. and he values good teaching he values yeah. good mentors and things like that and i know that if he could provide them to the community then he would you know, if he had, a, yeah, he had an opportunity yeah, depth of knowledge anyway he's, he's, yeah yeah he <laughs> is he, has, he actually is quite a knowledgeable cat you know that yeah. people sort of sell him short people sell short athletes in general mm. like it's again it's just like you it's not an accident that you accrued all of these skills there had to be some forethought behind it it's the same with Tony you know what I mean he yeah. he puts himself in the right room with the right people to get the best out of himself and That's to it. learn at the most elite level that he can yeah um, but you know don't we all do that at some, yeah. to a certain extent like we all yeah. have an idea and have a goal that we want to achieve and yeah. we try and do our best to achieve it it's just yeah. you know it's a difficult life. Yeah, I think Tony's just next level dedicated. Next level dedicated, yeah. yeah. But um, t- talk to me a little bit about the training at Northside back in the day. Like, obviously, you are privy to our training structures and the way that we do things now. And also, you would have seen a lot of different training rooms and the way that they structure things and, and the evolution of such. But yeah. what was it like back in the day? Because it's notoriously hard line. Yeah, it was. It was, yeah, they just, it was just rounds and... Just getting smashed and having, <laughs> you, know, you know, Pete would, uh, Peter O'Shea, he would, um, you know, give you a knee on belly and, you know, if you if you tapped if you tapped his knee on belly, you were a slave in the afterlife forever and that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> you know, he just yeah, it was it was hard. You know, you had, you had good name, good people. You know, slave in the afterlife. <laughs> oh and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse being he was young at the time, and I remember because I was. Big boy, at 100, and, well, I started at about 110, 120 kilos, and um, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll roll Jesse, you know, he's about 60 kilos, you know, 65, 70 kilo. I'm like, yeah, I should be right, I'm a big guy, I should be able to hold him down. No, yeah. <laughs> smash the shit out of him for, you know, five minutes. 
Um, but yeah, no, it, it was it was tough. It was hard, but it's it's how you learn in a sense. You know what I mean? You got to throw yourself into throw yourself into the fire to to come out the other side as a you know better sort of martial artist. And I think you've definitely done that. I think. Yeah. Do you think that maybe it just because that was your inception into martial arts as well, like inception into this type of martial arts when yeah. it comes to full contact like Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. Do you think that that sort of traced itself through the way that you've learned and the way that you prefer to learn now as well? Because you're a very hands-on learner. Yeah, well, that's just that's just me in general. I'm a monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. So, you know, I find it difficult to, uh, you know, I'll look at something and be able to do it or read a book and be able to learn. I'm very much hands-on. I like to do it and then when I do it, I understand it, and that's it. I'm good with it. So. Yeah, I've definitely seen you do that. You really took to it in terms of cage work as well. Yeah. I think when we um, we started to get more coach-student type of interactions, I really saw that within you. It was really just, you would hear what I was saying, and you would also see other people doing it. There was a little bit of trial and error that was going on in your own mind when you would view rounds that were occurring with people like De Conti and Turner and Tom Crosby and this type of thing. You'd see the way that they go about cage work and then you'd see the lessons that we were teaching. And then when you did it, it clicked and solidified and then you never forgot it. It's, it's one of those things like that. That's a huge credit to you, man, because people can, you know, forget more info than they retain or just forget more things than they ever learn. But it seems that the style of learning that you undertook being a very functional style of learning, yeah, as you see, as you say, monkey see, monkey do, but monkey apply you know what I mean like I never forget it's it's like it's just locked in once you've had success with a movement once you've had success with a strategy yeah you you never forget how to do it successfully ever again I think I was a sort of for me I I, I look at it in a way that if I know something's not going to work for me I probably just won't Mm. I won't go that way it's it's bad sometimes because you find yourself in positions where you should be able to go oh I (laughs) I'm kind of half remember that, but I've never done it because it never really worked for me. So it's a bit of, you know, damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of thing. Sometimes, but you've developed a style that's very you. It's very uniquely you. And I would would say it's like a gritty style. It's like a strong style. Like you're going to blitz people. You're going to get in their face. You're going to throw in bunches. uh, You're never going to stop when you put someone on the cage. Like it's going to be pressure non-stop and when you put people on the ground it's positional control it's heavy pressure but then it's yeah. damage and finish as well yeah. like it's it's not it's a straight line style it is a straight line style yeah. you're not trying to do fancy shit as you say you've cut the shit that doesn't work for you and yeah. that's why it's become a very focused style and that's a yeah. style that's hard to deal with man it's not a bull in a china shop it's a bull on a racetrack yeah. like you are bounding towards your goal and they're not going to stop you. I've, I've seen you overwhelm people as well. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you play passive though. Like, yeah, I, yeah, it's hard. I like, I like counter striking. Yeah. I like them to come, to come to me to see what they've got, and then I sort of build my game plan from there. <laughs> but that's sometimes the worst thing I can yeah, do. Yeah, because if the energy doesn't permit, then you yeah. can't, you can't do the comeback. Well, that's it. That's that's why the, the sort of the the weight loss came around because mm-hmm. I'm like. You know, I learned out a bit over COVID and um, yeah, I just felt bad as well because, you know, obviously in the training of the boys, you know, they've been there for my, my camps and they've been yeah. there in my rounds and stuff and, you know, blending out and only being able to do, you know, really a solid 
30 seconds to a minute of a round and the rest of the round I'm kind of like, you know, dying and gassing. Um, <laughs> it's not fair on them either. So lose weight, get in shape and that way I can do the full three minutes or yeah. full five minutes that I need what to do. What a brilliant motivation for getting in shape. Yeah. Like to aid the people around you, to be fair. Man, that, that one thing that you said there is a little insight into, what, into the way that you think and it really validates what I said at the beginning of the podcast as well is like you are known as the worker in, in the gym. You're known as the guy who's reliable and trustworthy and is there. Like it's your motivation for getting in shape is to help people with their rounds. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, not, not just that, but like that's part of the motivation. You know, obviously outside of the gym, you know, family and that. Working is quite physical work. It's not physical, physical, but you've got to sort of constantly be moving. So it's hard, but yeah, that's you know, part of the reason. So yeah. Mm. Well, a lot of this dedication, a lot of this commitment and a lot of this line of thinking has led you to some really prosperous events. Like you've had really good success in, in competition in Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. You've had some excellent matches. Yeah. Have you had Muay Thai fights as well? I had two. Yeah. Uh, years ago, I started Muay Thai. So yeah, I have never actually won a match. <laughs> in just, Muay Thai? Uh, in anything. Um, obviously, Jiu-Jitsu I have. Um, but you know, my, my MMA record is... Zero, one, two, technically. Yeah, that's a pretty poor reflection yeah. of how those fights <laughs> went, though. Well, yeah. Obviously, the, the last fight I just had was obviously quite decisive. Oh, I just said. Oh, <laughs> God. Dumped him ahead. And, uh, <sighs> that, was, that, was, that was absolutely harrowing, man, yeah. is what that but fucking I, was. But I didn't, I didn't feel a thing, so I was all right. Oh, you know? didn't feel a thing. I, was, uh, I mean, but like before that, you had... Uh, back in the day in the ring draw what was that fight show called do you remember it was oh, run by the pro wrestling guy yeah it was uh, run by Zero um, One Adam, Adam Jason Cooper yeah it was and, Adam um, Cooper and Harley Jackson yeah. put on an MMA show they actually put on oh. two but this was one that was in a hall yeah it was at St. Clair Rec St. Clair Rec Centre yeah. I can't yeah. remember what it was called for the life Dude. of me. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I was there backstage. And See, that's the thing I, I remember and this is, this is kind of what led me here in a sense I think don't get me wrong, it's, it's a blur, right? But I was in the ring, and I think I was trying to take someone down. I was still, obviously, I was trying to take someone down. Um, I was trying to take him down, or I was pushing up against the ring, and I couldn't hear my corner, but I swear to God, I could hear you in the crowd yelling instruction. And that's when I just realized that I need, that it's so valuable. Yeah. Because you take, you take back, and I think Jesse alluded to it, like, you know, had a bit of a reputation back in the day of, you know, especially with Northside, oh, Nick Hughes and he's loud and he's this and he's yeah young. yeah yeah and I went to like some of the early uh, MMA down on the shows and you know you'd sit there and you'd, you'd be in the corner you'd be coaching and it was silent and you'd be like no oh, you'd be giving clear precise instruction that everyone could hear <laughs> and uh, you know being you know ignorant we go shut up just gonna fight like come on now like, and then and then being in a fight and then hearing that clear precise instruction you then understand the valuable how valuable it is yeah and that's sort of because there's a lot of turmoil going on and like I've been in the ring and in the cage myself and that's why I kind of understand like they want to do it you know what I mean like the fighter in there they want to do the shit that you're telling them to do like and that's why I, I always preface it with we're giving you 
educated suggestions, basically. Because yeah. you're the one who's in there. You can feel it. You know how much energy you have to perform yeah. the movement. You know how much control you have over them and how much risk you would be taking if you would actually perform the task that your corner is asking you to perform. So you're the one who's always going to make that call. But if your corner, if you're in a bad way, in a bad position, and your corner reacts emotionally, mm. you're going to react emotionally as well. Come on, Mark. Get up, Mark. You've got to do this right now, yeah. Mark. And again, you want to. You want yeah. to do that. You, with, above anything else, <laughs> you want to get up and you want to you know, do that for your corner. You want to do that for you. You know you have to. But how? Mm. And if you, as the corner man, can normalize it to a certain extent and help them understand that, yes, it is an important moment in the fight, but it is just another moment in the fight, then you've got pathways to rectifying the situation. Tim's done it brilliantly. Jake Hurl's done it brilliantly. You've done mm. it brilliantly. There's a, and Mike Turner as well was always incredibly coachable in those moments. Mm. Uh, but you have to afford them something, some type of technical mm. advice. And like, do you want someone to get up? How? Yeah. Where are they? Are they sitting on their butt in the hooks? Well, they're going to have to elevate them. Use your hooks to elevate. Come out to your underhook side. See if you can uh, cage scrape and use the cage. Oh, that didn't work. Well, next time they put you down, maybe you're going to have to go under. Like, give them educated suggestions. Yeah. And keep it on an le- even keel and level yeah. with the way that you're saying it so that they don't overdo it. Yeah. Because when you elevate and escalate your line of uh, thinking or like your your um even just your voice wavering going up and down yeah. it's going to elicit a response that's a high energy response yeah. if someone wants to get out off the bottom and you go come on get up they're going to bridge with everything that they've got and they've probably got two or three of them yeah. but if you actually give them something that's not bridge yeah. like okay bridge to hip shift bridge to this yeah. then they're actually going to add something to it yeah. that's constructive i think it's also just the the sort of the tone of voice as well because obviously if you're you know if your coaches are yelling and the crowd's yelling mm. it gets lost yeah but if you've got that nice even sort of you know that even voice yeah. it just cuts through everything because i you know when you're in there you know often don't hear the crowd too much mm. um but you you know you're super focused and it's sort of tunnel vision you know you don't realize but yeah if people are yelling even if they're in your corner you Blends into yeah, everyone else yelling, so it's it's good to have that just that voice, just that cuts mm. through everything, which is so valuable. <laughs> well, realize. I did it for. I do remember. I was saying things. I was yelling things. Yeah. I wasn't in your corner at the time, but I no. did it because I respected you and I liked you. We were in the same yeah. corner backstage. I'd seen you competing at jujitsu competitions. Yeah. I liked the Caruso brothers. I liked yeah. Northside, and I wanted to see you do well. And yeah. that was a draw. That fight. Yeah. Oh man, you should yeah. Yeah. Can I say you should have won that fight? Like, yeah, well, the the guy, I forget who, I think the head head ref came up afterwards and he was like, oh, you were winning the fight up until <laughs> the last round where he put you on your back and it looked impressive to the judges. Yeah, is that and, how they score it? And that was it. I'm like, well, he didn't do any damage. Like, <laughs> his punches were like, you know, nowhere near my face mm. and then that was it. It just looked impressive. So I'm yeah. like, well, 
Yeah. But are like, they scoring it pride style? You yeah. know what I mean? Did you win two rounds and lose one and then yeah. lose the fight? Like, oh, I have no idea. It's yeah. weird, man. Judging is uh, judging is tricky. super weird, tricky. especially tricky. back in the day. That yeah. like because there's different governing bodies. It's not like there's a singular MMA governing yeah. body. It's like ISCA or WKA. These yeah. are like the established governing bodies that are in South Australia mm-hmm. and they're kickboxing academy like kickboxing governing bodies yeah. who have their own host of referees who yeah. are instructed and trained for kickboxing bouts yeah. so they're sort of scoring an MMA bout like a kickboxing yeah. bout it's hard and it kind of falls over a little a little bit you know you, you don't understand the sort of it's hard it's like if you don't understand how hard it is to take someone down or hold someone down and actually you know, go through your pathways of, you know, passing from half to full mount to ho- and then holding them there yeah. and doing damage and da 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 da. Because I think uh, fight at uh, when was it at uh, Mars, Mars. Yeah. at the Mars show. You know, like yeah. yeah, the guy. I wouldn't say he was like completely destroying me on the feet, but he obviously had a small advantage on the feet. You know, and then I ended up. I think the first round he, he clipped me and I went down, but I ended up sweeping him. Towards the end of the round and getting on top. And getting to the mount. Yeah. And getting to the mount. Second round, I pushed him against the cage, put him up in the air on his back, sat in full mount. That was it. And then the third round, I think he hooked me, knocked my mouth guard out, and then I single legged him and then spent the rest of the, yeah. the round. But not taking anything away from the guy. I actually really like him. He's a, you know, he's a lovely he guy. He's a good guy. Had a, had a beer with him afterwards and, you know, but it's like, how do you how do you score that fight? And I think mm. uh, you mentioned they scored the fight. Was, oh, well, he was, the fight was on the feet for a minute, you know, a minute 40 and he was like ahead and then he took him down. So he, he didn't win the majority of the round. So <laughs> the round goes to him. I'm like, well, yeah, it's like, oh. But if, you, if you think about it in a way, you know, if it was a, like, I suppose if you look at like, like Nate Diaz talking about, mm. you know, almost knocking out Leon Edwards the other week. Yeah, you know, if it was a real fight, I would have, you know, would have won. That fight. Like, yeah, but, you know. If it was, if it was on the street yeah. and we had yeah. mouth guards and gloves and rules and timers, like <laughs> I would have won that fight. Like, but you know, nothing like the guy who won fair and square, I guess. So yeah, you I finish was... every round and mount. Yeah, you know, and landing strikes. Uh, yeah. The other thing about grounded pathways that I always think about that might not be so apparent is it's unanswered blows. Anything that you land from the top in striking wise when you're grappling that's an unanswered blow imagine mm. standing on your feet and just taking one shot taking another shot taking three four five six shots that's visibly unanswered yeah. blows without you throwing anything back because yeah. you're on the bottom if you're taking shots from the top you don't have the capacity to throw anything back mm. so those are unanswered shots so if you're literally spending it's not ju- like you're spending the second half of the round on top on on the ground it's not just grappling. Mm. You're, you're winning the grappling. You're showing dominance. You're showing control. But you're also landing unanswered striking. Yeah. So they, they tend to not factor in that duality of the, in the scoring system. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was looking at in that fight yeah. as well. And I was very proud of you because you did what we trained you to do. And it was one of those things like 
you know, Evan had a similar situation. It's like, yeah. we have to throw our hands up at the end of the fight and be like, well, do we need to come up with better strategies and better game plans? Because our guy just did everything we asked him to do and he won the fight in our eyes. But yeah. the judges don't see it that way. Yeah. So does the problem, does the fault therein lie with us and our yeah. strategies and the ways we're going to try and go about winning these fights? Yeah. I think it came down to the fact that it was amateur rounds. Three three-minute rounds? yeah. It's for a grappler? Yeah. Okay, so it takes you a minute to take someone down. And then you've got two minutes to finish them. Yeah. If, if someone's sole purpose is to lock on a full guard and clamp you down and not let you move, do you know mm. how hard it is to finish someone? Oh, and yeah. they can do that in MMA. Yeah. So, uh, oh, it's, yeah, you know, if, you've got, if you much. take someone down in a minute, mm. then it's a pro round. You've got four minutes to work them out. That's it. That's very different. But yeah, three minutes for a grappler. If you've got a grappling heavy strategy, you have to take mm-hmm. them down and finish them immediately. You've got to literally go out there with the sole intent to wreck someone, just to run through them, take them down, take their back through the takedown. Like mm-hmm. it has to be a very difficult um, pathway for you to win. Yeah. You've really got to go after it. But yeah, but, but you did though. That's nah, you know, nah, look, you know. We're talking about shit that happened ages ago. But no, look, it's there, one of those things. But yeah, we get through it. But it's, yeah, I'll, I like fighting, so it doesn't really deter me. Like, it's not like one of those things like, we're fighting again, this is shit, you know, yeah. I, can't, I can't win. Yeah, I enjoy it. So. Yeah, you've always had a pretty good handle on your skill set and what you're able to achieve. And you said that you were hypercritical, but at yeah. the same time, that hasn't led you to, as you say, throwing in the towel and walking away because you've critiqued yourself. Mm. You've just come back into the gym to get after it again. Yeah. Which is, you know, something to be said for that too. Yeah. Know? It's hard. It's not easy, you know, losing and then and coming back. It's, you know, a lot of people find it, I suppose, find it difficult to, to get over the sort of initial sort of loss, but mm. yeah, it is, it's a sport at the end of the day. And loss is part of everything. Yeah. I, I say we walk around on two feet most of the time not fighting. You know what I mean? Like where we are who we are without fighting. If you intertwine it with your identity too much, you're going to get caught up on that win and loss ratio and yeah. you're going to fall real hard when, yeah. when you do lose. But if you if you understand yourself and you understand the place that martial arts takes in your life in general, it's not going to be so daunting when you face a loss it's actually yeah. going to be normalized and you're going to be yeah. like okay this is just another part of the process yeah, yeah. It's, it's what it is yeah. yeah and you've always held yourself very well in that regard you know you've you've had to come back to the drawing board a lot but it's like you like the drawing board yeah. you know what I mean like you really do like you oh, like wow. constructing new pieces and, and yeah. putting together new progress and game plan like I see every time you learn a technique a new technique, the things that we've been learning was a cradle pass where there's a new strategy on the cage or anytime you see people do things well, yeah. it, it excites you. You're happy about yeah. it. Like that's what brings you in the door. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've learned from like, from Timmy a few weeks ago, like kept hitting me with a stupid body punch. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Hate it. Like fall for every time. And I'm like, oh, I might start using it. And I started using it. And I'm like, oh, it's working. This is great. I love it. Alright, so I'll start using that now, so that's part of the part of the repertoire. Yeah. No, you do that all the time, man. You do it naturally, which is, is really cool. Do you have any designs to step back in there? Um, yeah, I'd like to. Um I'd like to have a couple of tie fights again first, I think. Yeah. Do some striking matches, uh, that's sort of Mrs. got a bit rattled for the last one. Mm. Um so she's like, Oh yeah, let's not do that again for a while. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right, fair enough, you know, that's 
it would be hard to watch, you know, because of what happened. Mm. You know, dumped on the head, knocked out, punched in the face a couple of times, but mm. I said, didn't feel a thing. Just <laughs> didn't just, feel just, a thing. Just blanked out for about eight minutes. Oh, I'm not even sure how long it was because I don't know the time frame. So I got dumped in my head. I know that much. Uh, and then my next memory is in the locker room as I think as my missus is coming in. So between that and there, I don't know how long it is, but I don't know. Mm. I don't remember it. Like I, someone said, you know, I think Timmy mentioned that um, you know, doctors came in the ring and I, I was got up. And then I think there's a photo, there's video of me in the middle of the ring, like while they were reading out the you know, result. And then obviously I had to walk back to the change room and I remember zero. Zero. So oh, it's, a, it's a scary thing when you think about it, but you know, we like, you know what you're getting in there for, you know what you're you signing do. up for. Yeah. So is it all part and parcel? No, it's not going to happen every single time, No. Yeah. but it, it can potentially happen, which for me, it did. It did. So, but that, that sucked, man. It really sucked. Oh, right. yeah, it, it like, sucks, I, I think, right. you know, to explain to the people that are listening, like, I was pissed because I had to leave you. Like, I had to leave you after that, and I had to go coach someone no, that, immediately. Again. Right. But one of the things that I remember about that fight is, I mean, look, Kevin just said is actually incredibly good. Like, he, he's now at City Kickboxing yeah. in New Zealand, and he's, you know, he's working towards his goals. fought for a eternal title and something like that. So the thing cool. is, though... You're selling yourself short. You're not telling everyone the full story of what actually happened in that fight. The reason you got spiked on your head is because you had taken his back. Yeah. Like, you were winning that shit, man. Uh, like, yeah, look. I... That, that was one of the best, to that point in time, best performances you had because that was the second spike that he'd attempted. Yeah. So, you'd landed some strikes. You pushed him up against the cage. He'd attempted a throw, which he gets on everyone, and you took his back from it. Yeah, you took his back from it, locked those hooks in, and you were gunning after the neck. And he trapped one arm and tried to pass it over, and he tried to do a rolling spike, which actually uh, has brought that did bring up a little bit of conversation after the fight as well, especially considering what happened the second time he did it. But I'll get to that in a sec. You rode that first spike attempt, and it actually landed you in a better position, and you got very close to putting a hard attack on that neck and looking to get to the finish. He managed to stand up to two feet again, like the fucking Hulk, <laughs> and then pass your arm from one side to the other, which completely exposed your head, and yeah. then hit the rolling spike um, off the back control. Because he's standing with back control, he hits a rolling spike, yeah. and that knocked you out it did it broke your collarbone, broke yeah. your collarbone. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was the first one or the second one yeah because it might have been the first it one could have been the first one right because the damage is done mm. uh, and then he landed some strikes after you yeah. were unconscious but I mean that's you know essentially it's his job, it's his job. yeah it's yeah. it I hope yeah. no no rules to the guy it didn't look great but ah. it was his job yeah um, so you'd actually did very well in that fight and I when it happened I was shocked I didn't think that that was going to be the outcome of that spike. I thought yeah. because you wrote it once, you were going to write it again and it was just going to work to your favor. But it just so happened that it just was a, a terrifying angle and it, and it knocked you unconscious. But we know that within the rules of mixed martial arts, you can't spike people. Yeah. Now, it's just a very uncommon situation in which the spike occurred. But if I have like a body lock, a rear body lock on you or a frontal yeah. body lock and I'm trapping one arm and I bring you up into the sky and I bring you down 
on the side where you can't post. Like you can't put your hand down. Uh, that's a spike and you know, that's an intentional spike, right? Um, but let's say it's an armbar situation and mm-hmm. I pick you up. If I, if I dump you on your head in that scenario, to the letter of the law, that's okay because mm-hmm. you can actually let go yeah. of the armbar if you so choose. Yeah. So having the back control is kind of like a blend of yeah. those two situations. So theoretically, you could have let go yeah. of the back control to not get spiked. Yeah. But you didn't know that that's what he was going to try and do. And he had your arm trapped and passed. Yeah. So it's kind of like trapping the arm from the back. So yeah. there was a lot of discussion that was had after yeah. that between uh, myself and referees and even after the event about what that actually was mm. and where does that fall within the rules because it was just this massive gray area yeah. which affected damage on you. Yeah. And, I, you know, wasn't happy about that, but it's you know it, it brought yeah. up a little bit of discussion, yeah. which is an, an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's but unfortunately, it's one of those things. In, in, in what do you do as a ref? You know, do you go, yeah. oh well, nah, nah, that's it. You know, the, the guy who's unconscious on the floor, he's the winner. <laughs> like, yeah, what do you do? You know, it's, it's hard. Yeah, what so. dude, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, oh, man, that speaks to your character as well that you can just take but, that in stride. Yeah, and be I got, yeah, yeah I, got, I got no rule to the guy. I think. I think obviously slightly concussed after the fight. Um, you know, I went and, I went and saw him. Although my missus had told me to stay put, and she put I think she put Tim in charge of keeping me in the chair and not letting me move. And I went, no, no, no I'm going to go see the guy. And I uh, left and I immediately I got up. Immediately got up and, and went and saw him. And then I think I went out. Then I went outside and found him. She, what are you doing here? Yeah, go back inside. So I may a, have copped a spray. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very much on the way. She's a she's a scary, scary woman. Uh, uh, right. she was well within her rights to uh, at that yeah. point. But you you put a con job on us because you were so jovial. <laughs> we didn't think you were as bad as it was. But yeah. man, that that was a rough one. But yeah, you were back. You were back after that. You did your yeah. rehab. You got back in there and you started back in the academy again, yeah. progressing to this point where you're at right now, where. You're graded to brown belt and you're thinking about Muay Thai, you're thinking about fights. I'd love to see you in there, man. There's more yeah. pathways to do that now yeah. with Trinity than there ever was before. That's it. Um, it's been Zach's going to have um, his first Muay yeah. Thai fight for us. I know, it's going to be good. It's going to be K1, actually. It's going to be yeah, K1. Okay. But I'm, I'm excited for everyone. You know, yeah. yeah, obviously, we've got yeah, Ryan and uh, Fizz and... Yeah, Zach's going to compete. It's, yeah. it's Jake Hurl's got a matchup as well. Yeah. Alan Hartley's. Uh, hopefully, someone will agree to fight him. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, uh, he's a good guy. Uh, they're, all, they're all good guys. I love everyone here. So, yeah, um, I'm excited. Um, something I wanted to bring up to you actually is how do you feel about something like uh, an M16 Open or an Invitational or something? Like yeah, that? yeah. I'm- yeah, I'm for anything. You know, I'd love to see you doing something like that. Yeah. And I think you'd do really well in that format because you're used to competing in an arena style. Yeah. But you haven't had the opportunity to do that in a grappling format yet. Yeah. I think you'd really excel. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm open for everything. I, I love everything, so I'm happy to do whatever. Well, Miles is coming in today, so I'm, <laughs> so I'm going to throw you in there. Yeah. I mean, because of COVID... Yeah, they need people. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'm sticking around. I've got things after here. No, no, no. Like, what I mean is yeah. like because the M16 Open, it, it was scheduled to be on yeah. like July 17. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. They had a lot of interstaters coming in, or oh, they right. were going to come in, but yeah. then they had to axe them. Yeah, because, but they're still trying to put on as many local matchups as yeah, they possibly yeah. can. Yeah, so maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe um, Mark Ludi, the new Brown Belt <laughs> from Trinity. 
Uh, can stand yeah. in on short notice. I'll step in anything. And spike that. someone in their fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> no, please uh, don't. No, no, probably not. That's uh, not my game. Now, one of the things I always say, man, is like we always have awesome conversations when you come into the gym because as I alluded to before, um, we're cut from the same cloth, man. We're yeah. old school pro wrestling fans. One of the oh, first yeah. things I ever noticed about you is you wore Brett the Hitman Hart spats <laughs> to training, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, I've never seen that before in my life. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, and no, I love those spats. They've, they've uh, been through the wars. I think they've got. <laughs> they've they've um, I think they've got the, the knees being stitched up. I think the crotch has been stitched up a couple of times. <laughs> like, yeah, but I love them. Best. So, are you from that era of pro wrestling, like the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, like yeah. Diesel, or Sid Vicious? <laughs> yeah. So I was, yeah, WWE, oh, F back in the day. Um, I think, I think I went to SummerSlam, Wembley, really? Wembley Stadium. What? In ninety. 90- you no. went to SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium. I think I had. I know I had a VHS tape, but I'm fairly certain my parents said I was there. <laughs> so, but I would have been three, three or four, three yeah. or four around that time. Wow. So, and that was good. That was a. Uh, you know, I don't really obviously remember. Obviously, watching the tape, which I'm pissed because I'm fairly certain my mum uh, taped over it with neighbours, which I was very upset about. Um, <laughs> And yeah, but that, that was some good matches back then. That was, uh, I think, oh fuck, Shawn Michaels and Rick the Model Martel. Wow. Uh, I think it was like Virgil and Nails, I think it was. <laughs> like Beverly Brothers and um, yeah, the Natural Disasters and all that kind of stuff. Oh my God. Great natural match. Disasters, yeah, man. That's match. classic shit. That yeah. Was. And then obviously moving from there, it was just all uh, Attitude Era. You know what I mean? That was the best. Monday Night Wars, man. Yeah. Like, cutting into that era, I I remember that shit. It was legitimately mm. like, am I going to watch Raw or am I going to watch Nitro tonight? Mm. Like, I have to flick between. And there was a time period there where Nitro was at three or two hours and Raw was at one. Mm. So you could, like, watch the first hour of Nitro and then figure out if you wanted to click over and watch WWF. But we'd like try and tape one and then watch the other. And man, it really was a war dude, but I was, I was a big Kevin Nash guy. I thought he was the fucking man, you know what I mean? So when he shows up on Nitro and the initial gimmick was like, they were invading from WWF but then, you know, they got a cease and desist and they're going to do it anymore. <laughs> so I had to, like, make a statement, like, we do not work for Vince McMahon and shit, like, this terrible shit. But the shit that they were doing was so fucking mm. underhanded. Like, Eric Bischoff would give away, the like, the results of the main event of Raw live on, on Nitro just to fucking stop people from watching it. So good, man. So mm. much good shit. But I, I love, like... Um, NWO Black and Red, like Scott, like the Outsiders, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and then yeah. when Sting became the Crow Sting as well, like that was huge for me. Mm. That was like a huge thing that I, I got into. Yeah. DDP was awesome. Yeah. Obviously, I like smashed into the Steve Austin, The Rock, oh, Mankind, yeah. Undertaker, like some of those some of those raw segments yeah. where it was just them doing their finishes on each other nonstop, and yeah. every raw would finish with like a stunner fest and shit yeah. like that. Oh, Do you remember yeah. any matches from back in the day? Oh, look, yeah, sort of. Like it's kind of a blur. It's hazy. I've still got a I've got a VHS tape at home and it's um Mankind and 
think it's Triple H in the Hell in a Cell. Yeah. I've got that whole, I think it was a pay-per-view. Yeah. Backlash, oh, that would have been I when um, he okay. became Cactus Jack again for the Hell in a Cell match. Might have been, yeah. yeah. So I got that at home. And yeah, just that whole era. Like, I've got memories of me and... A friend of mine called Ash, he, um, we used to skip school every Monday that the pay-per-view was on. Yeah. And we'd just sit at his house watching, watching wrestling <laughs> and eating, eating chips and drinking whatever. And it was good fun. Yeah, we were young, yeah. but that was, yeah, it was, that's just my Dude, sort of take on it. That generation of like attitude era wrestling that spawned so many kids like us like yeah. who tried to, who basically walked into school every day as the rock like yeah. the amount of rock bottoms and fucking power bombs are laid on to unsuspecting bystanders at school <laughs> that's so bad man no. like spearing people and oh yeah. my god dude. Oh, we used to just muck around his trampoline at his house yeah that fucking disclaimer at the beginning of every oh, never, WWE the most it. disregarded yeah. disclaimer <laughs> of all <laughs> time at home. <laughs> no. Like you just put that idea in my mind. I didn't yeah. know I could try this at home. It looked way too dangerous. Yeah. But now I'm gonna try everything. Thanks guys. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we were spoiled actually back in the day, man. We had some of the best like cartoons as well. Like oh, yeah. rattle off the list of uh, <laughs> anthropomorphic street based <laughs> animals. <laughs> <who are> like <laughs> Biker mice from Mars Biker mice from Mars, street yeah. sharks, yeah. extreme dinosaurs. Yeah. Samurai Pizza Cats. Obviously, it was like Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and all that yep. kind of shit. But like Tekkenman Blade as well, like Techno Man. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. We were absolutely spoiled back yeah, in the day. definitely were. Do you remember any of the like, oh, there was also like Dragonflies? Do you remember Dragonflies? It, it sounds familiar, but again, it's, it's a hate. So much, man. So yeah. much. I, I was having this conversation with Tony Caruso the other day because we went to the, the Mega Toy Fair, which you need to go to as well, man. You should. You, I'm going to take you next time because I picked up a, an action figure of one of the street sharks. Oh, yeah. was, uh, I picked up like the big orca with the, the tongue, the yeah. black orca with the tongue. And I'm like, fuck, I've been looking for this. I used to have this as a kid. And Tony Caruso is like, yeah, that's Moby Lick. He's like, I've got all the street sharks. I love street sharks. You know what I mean? Like, he remembers the story and shit from Jeez. street sharks. You know, like who remembers the fucking stories from those shows, man? No, nah, no, 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 no clue. Close. You, you could, you could ask someone like, okay, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Most people know the story. Yeah, right? they know it's like they came from the ooze. They're yeah. trained by you know the rat. Yeah, and then Shredder. You know, trained by Splinter. Shredder's the bad guy. Foot Clan. Blah blah blah. Yeah, like pizza. But you ask someone what the fucking story is to extreme dinosaurs. You're like, I don't know. Dinosaurs. <laughs> the dinosaurs and they're extreme yeah, yeah. What, a, what other explanation do you need That's you know? but there's even more dude there was like He-Man and all that oh, yeah, yeah. what did we watching the other day me and Mrs. watching uh, Gargoyles oh my god yes like, Gargoyles that was on I forget what it's on yeah. it's on a streaming service on, online watching that the other day that was pretty good That that is a good show man. <laughs> this is what different. I mean like kids don't have that type of influence no. now. I probably sound like the oldest crutch no, it, ever. No, it, it is, it is though. Like, I mean, I don't know. I suppose kids nowadays more anime. Because I know yeah. Yeah, my stepson, he's big anime fan. He's way more than me. And anime is good. <laughs> like me, I was, what was I, Naruto? Naruto yeah. and Dragon Ball Z and all that. But he's 
into like the proper like you know I can't understand what they're saying <laughs> and I don't understand it and I'm like yeah okay that that that's good mate that's good <laughs> man, yeah. I'm just gonna sit here and watch my old school yeah shit. Like, right. dude the old school shit I I kind of like I'm inspired to go back and watch it. you know actually as as I'm talking about this. I remember I watched a lot of Biker Mice from Mars yeah. because it was the same production team that made the old X-Men as well. Oh, okay. yeah. Remember that, like the classic X-Men cartoons mm. that were on Cheese TV and shit? Yeah. Biker Mice from Mars was all the same animation and it had a little bit better story because it was from that production team yeah. as well. And I kind of remember it was the race of fish people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they would like... They basically like terraform all of any planet that they went to. They would make it into their own habitat. Yeah. And they would eradicate whoever was there. And they did it to the biker mice's planet. Yeah. They took it over. And then they were going to try and do it to Earth. But the biker mice somehow fucking got here. And died <laughs> they rode here. I'm guessing they rode here on their bikes. And they tried to stop it from happening. Because there was that big fat dude who would take off his face and he was the fish underneath yeah see what yeah, I mean man it's like you so vaguely good. get you it vaguely man. get it yeah oh, it's man. been so long since that was on and I need to fucking go watch that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure but it's funny man because like we talk about this kind of stuff all the time and it's not yeah. necessarily something that you would think that guys who walk into a grappling club or an MMA club would be talking about but you can come here in here on any given day of the week and hear people talking about this shit I would if you were to take bets on what me and Jake Hurl were talking about in a conversation if you were looking at us from across the room you'd be like hmm wonder what they're talking about over there are they talking about striking are they talking about Muay Thai hmm maybe they're talking about a cage technique maybe they're talking about Jake's upcoming fight if you were to put money on Harry Potter yeah (laughs) that's the thing I I, I think I saw the other day like I've been listening to a lot of these podcasts at work and that and on the way to work and you would never guess, particularly with someone like Jake who, <laughs> see, when I first met Jake, I was like, okay, shaved head, tattoos, drives a souped up, like, <laughs> Mrs. Skyline, you know, you're like, all right, what does he do for work? He's probably a, a tradie of some form and he talks to him and he's like, yeah, I work with children. I'm like, you what? <laughs> joking. No, no, not, not even joking. Not even he was the podcast, and he's a Potter nerd. Yeah, and youth like, worker, Harry wow, Potter nerd. Like, that's amazing. Just, right? just blows your mind. Like, and that's what this whole thing is about. Everyone's man. different. Yeah. Like, I want people to know our friends, like how we know our friends. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I give a lot of credit to Mike Turner because Mike oh. was the first guy who ever talked to me in a gym setting about yeah. Batman. Yeah. And he normalized it. He made it okay. Yeah. And he was challenging my views. And I was like, fuck you, man. Because like, <laughs> we're talking about Grant Morrison and like his psychedelic trip version of, of Batman and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah. man, like, is this okay? Am I allowed to be talking about this type of stuff in here? Like, like, trying to buy sweaty man. I'm allowed to talk about Batman. And yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But you are. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. I, I think that's a super important lesson for yeah. everyone to learn. You don't want... Because we want to attract people that are real people, are normal mm. people. Yeah. And that's like, the the qualifier is like, what's your nerd, you know, yeah. quirk? Like, tell me, that's tell me it. what it is. Tell me what you're about. Yeah. Tell me who you actually are and mm. what you actually like. If you're forthcoming with that type of information, I'm more willing to trust you 
Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, if you're just the hard bravado guy all day, every day, I don't trust you, man. I don't, because yeah. that's not a real person. That's not what mm. real people are like. You know mm. what I mean? And I think maybe, no, you could probably say, like, from a coach's perspective, if I'm just, like, the hardline coach all the time saying this, that, and the other, you probably would just view me as inhuman. Yeah, no, look, yeah, you've got to have things outside the gym that's, uh, that are you, you know, mm. otherwise, what are you? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you come here and it's all about, like, yeah, when, when you're in the rounds and when, you, when you're at, like, actually, you know, you know, learning and actually, you know, training, yeah, sure, it's it's focus and it's, it's this, that, and the other, but there are, there's, you know, 10, 15 minute warm up and, you know, there's just standing around waiting for the other classes to finish and what are you going to do? You just stand around and talk about technique. No, you <laughs> stand around and talk shit. Like that's, yeah. and even, you know, someone like Tim and even uh, Ryan and that, they'll talk shit through the warm up and <laughs> through training and it's, it's, it's how it should be. It should yeah. be a fun environment. It shouldn't just be serious all the time. Yeah. Otherwise it gets boring and monotonous. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a hard life at the best of times. Why yeah. make it harder by that's being it. a douche? <laughs> that's it. But then, this kind of stuff, it weeds, weeds those kind of douche out. I it guess. does. It, it just really does. does. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can't have a conversation with me about gaming or some shit, then like, what are we going to yeah. talk about? We're probably just not going to get along <laughs> that well. You <laughs> know what right. I mean? And that's it's not to say that it's mandatory. Like no, it's a prerequisite. Yeah. But yeah, again, it just it just ma- it humanizes you, and it makes yeah. everything like a little bit less intense. Mm. Um, I think John Danaher actually talked about it as well. Like that's why they have all of that silly banter that they go through on the mats all the time because they're in pressure cooker situations where there a lot of expectation is on the death squad to do really well in every single yeah. competition, and if, and if they brought that ethos into every single training session, fuck man, they would just deteriorate quick, real mm. fast. Yeah, but um. You've talked to me about gaming before in the past, actually, yeah. and you've brought up some really cool little esoteric games, man, that I'd never even heard of. That I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You're talking to me about some game that was like uh, based on evolution. Yeah, um, ancestors. I think it's called ancestors. Yeah, that was fun. I played that for a little bit, <laughs> and I got really shitty and didn't play it for a while because <laughs> it's hard. They give you nothing. Like they give you little hints here and there. But it is literally you, you. walk around. You're a you know sort of monkey thing. <laughs> you're a monkey thing. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a monkey, and you've got to learn. So you know you pick up a stick, and then you press your buttons, and all of a sudden you strip the stick of leaves, and you have a stick. <laughs> or and then and then okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that I'm gonna hold that in one hand, and I'm gonna get a coconut. I'm gonna bash the coconut with a stick, but that doesn't work. Okay, so I drop the stick, keep the coconut. <laughs> Pick up a rock and smash the rock on the coconut. Oh, but now my coconut's disintegrated. So then I'll switch hands and use the coconut and bash the coconut on the rock. And now I've made, oh, I can drink it now. Sweet. <laughs> but the game doesn't tell you this and you have to figure it out on your oh own. Oh my God, man. And you're like, playing a game that's based on a monkey learning. Yeah. And then like, you know, on top of that. Oh, you know, I don't know why that gets me so hard. And then it gets me, man. And on top of that, you, you sit there, you're like, okay, I'm going to sit in a tree and now I can listen. Okay, I can hear something growling over here. So I'm not going to go over there because fuck that, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so I'm going to go over here and look for more food. And then you go back and then, but when you learn these things, you go back and you sleep, but then you can, that's when you unlock your pathways in your brain. So oh you can go, God. okay, so today I've learned how to be ambidextrous. So I'm going to keep that. And then there's another tree where you go, okay, well, 
I'm gonna keep that for me, but I'm also now gonna unlock that for my future generations. Oh, wow. So then when you have kids, they know how to be ambidextrous from the get-go. And, and it just keeps going and going and going until you become sort of more human. Who the fuck basically. made this game then? I have no idea. Was it like a PC game? Or? No, it's on, oh, I think it's, you can't play on PC. I think it's, it's oh, I've got mine, mine I've got on PS4. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting, interesting that game. That is absolutely it's fascinating, man. Yeah. That is a fascinating game. Like, yeah. I remember the first time you told me about it, you didn't go quite as in-depth, but yeah. I was like, I was intrigued by the premise, but to know that it's actually generational, like, yeah. oh my God, man. Yeah. Then, like this morning I was playing Final Fantasy VII. So. <laughs> and then we go back. Yeah. You go back to the old yeah, school. Yeah. And Ford and I like played and seven minutes of Skyrim, man. Like I've, <laughs> I've been trying to get into Skyrim. I was playing it and Jackie was sitting next to me and I yeah. played it. I like... We did the first little opening bit and I jumped out of the top of the building because it was burning and she's like, I can't watch this anymore. It's making me sick. I'm like, well, there's my Skyrim home's gone for the rest of the time. I started playing Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze instead. Yeah. Like, uh, it's actually really fun, man. Like, yeah. if you play it two-player, just the new Donkey Kong that's on yeah. the Switch. Like, it, it got shitty reviews, but yeah. the fuck? You want it to be Donkey Kong like how it was? Just, yeah. just play the game and have fun. Like, don't that's be stupid. I would, like, I've played... Cam's well, got a bunch of games on now. Uh, on the Switch, so we play Mario Party and yeah, we see got Mario Odyssey and things like that. Him and his mum used to play that and just yeah, games is huge in my house. So like, yeah, really Ga- games is huge in general. Yeah, they just had E3 actually, didn't they? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. and they they announced. There's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy game, yeah. uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Two. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a new Mario Party as well. Yeah, that's, Mario Party uh, Supreme or some shit Mario like that. Party, Superstars. Yeah, it's, it's old like old maps from ah. but in the new style. So I like that, man. That's a good yeah, idea, it's, dude. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I do like the new Mario Party, but I just I just felt like there wasn't enough maps. There's like only four boards. Yeah, four yeah. But they have a lot of different modes in it. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. But they just need more boards, man. Like put yeah. eight, twelve boards, man. I can yeah. have a lot of fun with that yeah. shit. Like every yeah. time we bring people over to the house, we always play Mario Party because yeah. it's so easy to do. It's easy to do. Yeah. Um, they're bringing out another WarioWare as well, okay. which is like WarioWare is imagine Mario Party, but every game is like eight seconds. <laughs> So it's just mini games that are like yeah. eight seconds long. It's one after the other, after the other, after the other. Yeah. Like it sounds like it would be frenetic, but it's actually incredibly fun. Yeah. Incredibly fun. Yeah, we, um, we played we play Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Oh, yeah. That was, that's fun. Like we, yeah. we play it. It's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of yelling and screaming and yeah. you know, carrying on. But this is why we got a Switch. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they're like low commitment games that you can play in a family setting in a really like low key, yeah. like low commitment as well. Yeah. Like, yes, the big games are always going to be awesome. Your Red yeah. Dead Redemptions, yeah, your, like um, you know, Ghost of Tsushima, whatever yeah. it is. I'm like, I, I've Witcher Three, Wild Hunt. We've yeah. done this. You know, we've we've lived that life. We've delved into yeah. Arkham Knight and become the greatest detective. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. you need to have times where you just unwind. What I'm really looking forward to playing is a uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. Okay. Yeah. I haven't played yeah. that yet, but I've got it. I've got the game. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jackie and I also just went through Pokemon Snap, the new Pokemon <laughs> Snap. Yeah. You played it yet? Um, no, I've uh, played the... Old one. Pokemon Snap? Yep. Dude, Pokemon Snap yeah. is fucking brilliant. Oh my it's God. Cool. And the new one? Yeah. Superb. 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 It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we've been talking just over an hour now, I think. Yep. So we're going to start to get out there. I think uh, Miles, the M16 crew, are coming today. There's a bit cool. of open mat coming. But yeah, as we move to the end of the podcast, man, I always give people a chance to yeah. say thank yous. I'm sure you've got some thank yous uh, stocked up. Yeah, sort of. Like, <laughs> no, no, look, I've got to obviously thank the missus. Um, she's been huge, huge influence and huge help in my life currently. So yeah, so she obviously allows me, affords me to train, which is lovely. Uh, she understands it's uh, very important for my mental health mm. as well as just my health in general. So she's uh, yeah, um, my friends and my family and they've, you know, they're always there and always supportive, always helpful. And obviously all the boys in the training room, gotta thank those guys mm. just for the push and the, the help with everything so yeah everyone gets a gets a thank really that knows me so without, awesome man without without everyone in your <laughs> life you know obviously there are a few people obviously more so than others but everyone everyone gets a thank and yeah i'd cool. like to thank you man obviously thank you as well no, don't worry about me i'm, I'm, I'm no, inconsequential no, not though, you, know, you say that all the time you're very modest but no obviously without without you and your input and your guidance with not just myself but everyone we wouldn't be where we are, you know. We would be completely different martial artists, or completely different people, in possibly completely different gyms. Not necessarily liking it, you know mm. what I mean? We, we might have quit. We might have, you know, gone on to do different things. But you know, from where we are now, I think we're all very, very happy. No, so I appreciate that, man. I, I really do appreciate it. That's my goal. Built, you've I built just a fantastic gym here. Yeah, yeah that's what, that's what I wanted to that's build. I wanted to build a place where people could be happy. And people could be positive and and, yeah. and have good interactions and yeah. get good skills at the same time. So I do appreciate. Definitely, definitely, definitely done that here. I think. So Thanks. That's man. what draws people in. And I would have sure. to second what you said with your partner as well. I've seen uh, your relationship bring about some really positive changes in you and really good life progression as well. And it's still happening. It's still taking you know from step to step. That's how you know it's right. That's when you know it's the best relationship, when you aid each other into life progression that is in a really positive area. So I will second that as well. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's okay. You've done awesome together. And uh, look, yeah, thank you for being you, man. There's a reason why I wanted you on this podcast. And I hope that the people who listen today sort of get that as well. You are one of those guys who's the backbone of the training room. And I actually see a lot of myself in you. You are excellent. Uh, in a supporting role. You're great in the arena, but as that guy who's always there and always willing to contribute, that's actually where you shine. And the words that you say and the things that you've been talking about, the things that motivate you, they're very group oriented. They're very community oriented. So uh, Uh, I've got to commend you for that, man. That uh, it takes a certain type of person and it's the type of person I really like. I I enjoy it. I am, you know, I might not say much. I'm pretty quiet in the gym, but I'm watching. I'm that creeper in the corner that watches. (laughs) Um, and it's not because I'm, you know, staring or like, you know, just being a creep. It's more, I'm, I'm watching people and I'm watching them progress and I'm watching them roll and I'm watching them just do things. And it's awesome. So there's kids here who, you know, I forget his name, but he, you know, first time rolled him, he held on and didn't let go. And I'm like, after the roll, he asked me, you know, how did it go? I'm like, you did well, but how is that helping you? Mm. It's not helping you at all. It, yeah. You might let go and try and do something and get swept. But then now you're learning rather than just holding on and trying to hold something down. How are you learning? How are you broadening your game? And then weeks later, weeks, months later, I came back and rolled him again. 
and I saw him roll and I'm like, holy shit, what happened? He's like, oh, I took your advice and I let go and I just started moving. And recently he just won double silver yeah. in his first comp and he hasn't been doing it for a year yet. Yeah. So I was like, Phew. and then he was hypercritical. And I was like, the hell do you mean you should have got gold? Oh, you got man, silver in your first comp. I got nothing in my first comp and I got bronze. <laughs> and then I got, you know, just smashed. <laughs> like it, you know, but everything you said right there, the fact that that motivates you, the fact that that inspires you, the fact that you see someone else's even somewhat small progression as really positive and like a, a mind-blowing thing, that's the reason why you're still here. Mm. That's the reason why you're in the position that you're in because when you see value in others, you'll stay in the game forever. When you live selflessly, you, it's, you're like a kid in a candy shop. Every little bit of success that other people have makes you happy. And that's what builds a community. And that's why I'm glad that you're here and then glad that you stayed. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. We'll wrap it up. But look, there's so much more for you. Maybe I'll get in Miles' ear today and see if we can get you a matchup. But we'll see how we go. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Guys, stay tuned because we're going to be back. Same bat time, same bat channel for all the bat fans out there.